Perfect. All right. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Thank you for joining me for our weekly session on real estate investing. This is Danny speaking from, uh, from California. I'm glad to be back, you know, back in California after traveling for 10 days in the Midwest. Last week, I did a live session like this one from the Chicago field office. Um, you know, it was kind of strange because we had multiple events happening at the same time. So it actually it was a little bit challenging to speak here while like just around the, you know, uh, across the world, there was another event going on. Uh, so, uh, thank you for joining me. I hold these sessions on a weekly basis on Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific time. Um, <clears throat> and the whole purpose is to get to know you, get to engage with you, to talk about real estate investing. I bring a topic. You can join the topic with questions. You can ask questions that are not necessarily related to the topic. Uh, you know, let's just put it this way. This is an opportunity for, for me to talk a little bit, to chat a little bit, to you know express my thoughts, my idea, my experience with you. Um, so I always like, I know the opportunity to do that. My, uh, kind of my, the way I go about it is I feel if, uh, I educate people, they see what we are all about and hopefully you'll uh, engage with us in, uh, investing activity. Two things I want to mention before, before we start. Um, first of all, I want to wish everyone happy Christmas, happy holidays, uh, happy winter break. Uh, happy New Year, whatever whatever it is you're celebrating. So um, so I want to wish everybody that, and of course a great weekend. Um, two things uh, I got a feedback in the past few days from uh, in, you know different investors. One is um, one said that I never talk about simply do it. My company. He says you. I watch so many of your videos. Um, you never talk about, you know, like what you guys are doing. So I may, I may add something like this towards the end. Uh, cause a lot of, you know, I got that comment that I talk about investing, but not about us. So I'll do that as a, as a feedback. Um, the second, what was the second feedback, um, that I received? Um, I'll come back. Something else that someone said. Um, so, uh, by all means, uh, feel free to ask questions about real estate investing, I primarily focus about rentals. Uh, we talk about a little bit about flips as well, residential, US, um, and um, I'll be honest. Doesn't mean I'll know what you know the answer for every question. I've been doing it for 15 plus years on a very large scale in multiple states around the country, um, and that's how we go uh, about investing and helping others to invest as well. Um, the the one thing I do want to mention: we record this in three channels. Uh, at the same time, so this is Facebook Live, which is in the recording, and we have uh, YouTube Live as well going on, and on our podcast, so you can consume this however you want, podcast, just an audio, YouTube or Facebook, and now I remember what I wanted to say, I want to thank everyone, uh, you know, a lot of people actually, when I either I meet them in person or chat with them online, they say we watch your videos. We can't join the live, but we actually watch, you know, a lot of your videos, uh, the recording. So thank you for that. If you're watching the recording or listening to the recording, feel free to interact as well. Put a you know comment or anything. That'll be terrific. I really appreciate it. Uh, we try to uh, feel, you know respond back to anyone who puts a you know a comment after the fact or after the live. So that's the, the two things I wanted to say. With that said. Again, I'm gonna, I have a topic that, uh, in mind for today, but feel free to ask your questions. 
while I speak about the topic or doesn't have to be relevant, directly related to the topic. Uh, hopefully, we'll keep it within the realm of real estate investing. The topic that I want to talk about is why single family homes? What makes single family homes such a unique or special in the United States um, type of an investment vehicle? And when I say single family homes, maybe you know what I'm, what I'm referring to, why not other things? And I'm not saying no to other things, right? Everybody will find their own uh, alternative or what works for them, and that's fine. Uh, doesn't mean single family homes the only or the best. But I'm just going to share with you what, why I love single family homes so much compared to other investment vehicles. Primarily, I'm probably going to talk about why not the multifamily. When I say multi, I probably mean, you know, five and up type of uh, uh, properties and not, uh, this, you know, the duplex or the triplex, which are for me is just, a, a, you know, a derivative or similar or in the close to the single family home residential type of investment. Um, so let's talk about first of all why single families, why I find single families such a, a great investment vehicle in the US. So first of all, the United States economy is based on the households. Most US households live in single family homes, right? If you take, you know, if, if you're not really familiar with the United States, you would think that a lot of people are living in New York in apartments or condos or co-ops or whatever, you know, something like that, which are not single family homes. Um, if you are in the San Francisco Bay Area or, or, or Silicon Valley, you know, a lot of people do live in single family homes, but a lot of people actually live in townhomes, which is a, you know, it's a version of a single family home, let's say, or, or um, some explexes. But remember, those are the kind of um, extreme, you know, the other areas as well, kind of extreme points because... When you take off the 10 million in the Bay Area and the 10 million, uh, let's say, in New York, and maybe some another 10 million somewhere that are living in those kind of an expensive areas where real estate is, you know, is uh, relatively expensive, and they have to live in a different form of housing other than single-family homes. By the way, a lot of the Bay Area people and a lot of people in New York do live in single-family homes outside of Manhattan, maybe outside of the expensive, outside of the, you know, the city of San Francisco. Um, I'm not saying all of them do, but remember, this is a country of more than 300 million people population-wise, and most people do live in single-family homes. So first of all, most, you know, if people live in single-family homes, and that's the, what the economy is based on, you want to be attached to the strongest vehicle out there, the single-family home. That's one thing. Second, single-family homes, you know, it's going to be, it's a cliche, but it is was and still is the American dream. People don't dream of typically of, ah, I want to live in an apartment or I want to live in a co-op, right? Maybe some do, but most want to go and graduate to the point then they live in a single family home. Some of them, you know, live in a startup home, sometimes they call it, like a young couple, just got married, no kids or first kids. You know, they, they may get the, the first house and it's a smaller one, it's something that they can afford. And you can see that this, and then they move on and graduate to their second house or maybe a third house. So with the white picket fence, believe it or not, this is the American dream still. So you want to be part of that American dream because people want to have that, you know, that kind of a dream or that kind of an asset. The single family is a very stable asset and it's the American dream. Don't, you know, it's a cliche, but don't, you know, uh, uh, override it. That Don't dismiss it at all. Single family homes tend to be the more stable or, or risk, you know, or, or, or tolerant to recessions. 
Usually, single-family homes, or historically, when the market goes up, they are the first to go up and the most. And when the market goes down, they are the last to go down and least, right? I'm not saying they're not, but they're relatively, right? People in the United States have been commuting, telecommuting to work, you know, for years. That has been before, you know, the internet was invented. So people who have an office, let's say, let's say a small office, uh, of two, one, two, three, four. I'm not talking about big, big corporations, but a lot of people, you know, go to, you know, commute to a small office and they, maybe, uh, uh, four of them sitting in the office and the economy slows down. What do they do? They scale down, move back home, work from home, right? Garage and home office and maybe meet once a week in a WeWork or something like this. And they're neglecting the commercial side of it because they can still work from home, right? So that's not a problem. So, Single family homes are more resistant or more resilient to the economy. It's not, you know, it's not economic proof or recession proof, but it's more resilient. Um, when you talk about analyzing and understanding um, a transaction, when it comes to single family home, you know what? It's rather easy, right? Can you get a quote rather quickly for the insurance? Yes. Do you know how much is going to be in an inspection, you know, costing of an inspection for the house? Pretty much, maybe not 100% accurate, but close. Can you have a good estimate on the rent? Absolutely. A lot of those financial factors, you can actually rather easy with all the information that we have, get rather quickly, okay? When you're talking about multifamily, and I'm not talking about fourplex, I'm talking about, let's say, tenplex, twentyplex, I'm not even talking about the big ones, but the smaller ones, you will find that they are very challenging to analyze. Why? Number one, there's a, there's a straight connection between the occupancy and the rent to the value. That's number one. Number two, from my experience, many times when you go after those small, you know, multifamily, you know, it's considered probably a, a C or a D class family. It's not A and B. So usually it's owned by a, you know, a person and not a corporate, maybe held as an LLC, but just a, a person is holding it. And to get financial data, any information about the current status is a nightmare, right? Not always, but many times. They don't respond. They don't have it organized. They know a little, get the leases. Usually, those type of brokers and type of owners, and let me just make sure it's all set here, uh, are more difficult to work with. I don't know why someone wants to sell and they're making it difficult, but I can tell you after doing it for many years, the multi, you know, not the big ones, right? The smaller ones, you know, they are, they are more you know, hard and difficult to gather the data and, you know, you know, and process it in order to make a decision, financial decision or other decisions. So that also very makes those type of, of uh, information much harder, right? Go to a single family home. My guess within an hour to three, you probably have most of the information available and research or, or, or available for you to analyze it, right? Talk about the multi, it'll take you days, and not even that, it's going to be incomplete. Not always, but many, many times, that has been my experience. That's a nightmare, right? Now, talk about liquidation, right? We know real estate is not a liquid asset. It's very difficult to buy a property on, on Wednesday and sell it on Thursday, or buy it on, you know, Friday and sell it, you know, a week later. It takes time, there's a process, there's more, it's more complex, right? Now, when you talk about liquidating a single family home, selling, let's say you use a more, you know, you want to sell for one reason or another, it's going to be rather easy or easier. Why? 
the potential buyer pool for your house is much larger than the potential buyer pools for your fourplex or for your 10 unit building. Okay. Right there, uh, you get that, you know, another reason why, why single family homes is easier. Now, think about this. Let's say you have, you know, a, a 15 unit, you know, uh, multi, multi unit, right? Uh, 15, 15 of them, maybe 10, you know, let's make it 10, 10 unit building, right? And let's say you have 10 single family homes close to each other. Let's just not say they're in the same street, but let's say they're in the same city, just for a second, right? For me, the 10 single family homes that are in the same city or just in the, you know, the same proximity, they're close to each other, behave as if they're a multi, right? I address them. I see them as a multi, right? That's the way I look at it. But when I want to sell, let's say I need to, I need some cash. Right? Let's say I need $100,000 for one reason or another. Right? It would be difficult for me to sell a fraction, not impossible, but difficult to sell a fraction of my 10-unit building in order to raise the $100,000 that I need. And it would be rather easy selling one or maybe two houses out of the 10 that I have without jeopardizing or compromising on all the other eight. So for me, that liquidation of between those two assets is very, very important, right? Sometimes we may run into that situation that we want to say, what? By the way, think about this. Sometimes we buy, you know, you know, we buy a piece of real estate and we found out, we find out that for one reason or another, it's a crappy one, right? It happened to me. I, you know, I've owned real estate that I've just felt somewhere between the property and the tenants it would attract. It was always creating me more noise in my life. When I see that, I try to get rid of those properties, right? For whatever reason, you know, it just happens. Uh, doesn't mean a loss, doesn't mean a bad, it, just the way it is, right? If you have one of your units or two of your units are keep giving you hard time or bad attracting that tenants and just always have like a, like a annoyed by you know, one or two of those units, you're stuck with them. But you only have 10 houses and you are annoyed by one or two of those houses that are just giving you hard time, hustle, noise, whatever you want to call it, you get rid of them and you keep eight. Very easy, right? Now, financing. It's easier to finance a single family homes, if that's what you're looking to do, right? Than a multifamily. Much easier. Much easier with the appraisal. Much easier with, with for the banking to come and, you know, uh, and finance and evaluate. It's usually an easier, cheaper process of inspection. Same thing, easier, you know, you know, inspecting, appraising and inspecting a single, you know, a, a multi is going to be more expensive. So right there, you've got multiple aspects why single family homes are, in my opinion, a much uh, um, more attractive uh, proposition. Um, or investment vehicle. Now, I'm not saying some, some, you know, you may decide that you want to buy a 10 unit in a bad, you know, that it needs some renovation and you're going to transform it. You're going to put some money into it and you're going to rent it and you're going to increase the rent. That for me is not a typical rental transaction. This is for me an, an improvement process. This is for me, you know, you can do it with single family home too, but I'm just saying this is something more of a, maybe a flip or something like that. But it's a little bit different, right? It's nothing wrong with it, of course. And, you know, you, you will run into similar, uh, um, similar uh, issues that I talked about doing this, you know, um, once the house, once the building is completed and, 
you know, it's occupied and you, you increase the rate. But you can do that for sure. So for me, single family homes have always been um, an easy vehicle, liquid, relatively liquid, easy to understand, easy to analyze, easy to gather the information, um, easy to work with realtors. If one is a jerk, kick him off and get another one. Uh, multiple, usually multiple property management company will deal with that. So it's kind of, you know, it's the kind of the vehicle that is easy to work with, easy to understand, easy to follow, easy to finance. Relatively, I'm not saying nothing is easy, right? It's not easy. But relatively in the world of real estate, it's easier to do a multiple single family home transaction, maybe one at a time, versus a building, versus, you know, a, you know, a land. You can buy a piece of land, right? If you buy just a small lot, you know, that it's a buildable lot in the community. It's very easy type of a transaction, but it's probably going to be a little bit more, you know, tricky to finance. And guess what? It's not generating any income unless, unless you build on it or you rent it out for someone to put their tent on it, right? So it's not really a generating. And I'm not saying, again, I'm not making, I'm not passing judgment. Is it good or bad? I'm just saying, when people think of real estate, many times they start with single family and they want to graduate to multi, which is fine. I don't think it's necessarily something you need to do. Uh, many times they, they, they see the big, the big boys or the big comp- corporations going after the, you know, the big, you know, the big, um, 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 build, you know, co- complexes. Those are A and B classes. Those are in the multi-million dollars typically type of investments. Um, it's a it's a different you know way to go about it. There's an economy of scale of those things. Usually, us the smaller investors are not individually going after those. Uh, I'm not saying you know uh, everybody, but you know not going after those type of an investment. So, single family homes don't dismiss it that quickly. It's good. It's simple. It's easy to comprehend. It's easy to sell relatively. It's easy to buy. It's easy to analyze. It's the American dream. It's a strong, you know, financial vehicle. It's relatively more recession uh, uh, proof. It's not recession proof, but compared to others. So for all those reasons, and maybe there's more that I didn't mention or remember to mention, I think single family homes are a great, you know, vehicle for most investors, for many investors. And true, I think it's also good for those who are not sure where to start. It's a good starting, you know, starting point, and maybe you, you do graduate to other type of investment, but it's easy to digest. It's easy to understand. It's easy to work with. Uh, relatively, nothing is easy about real estate, but when it comes to single family homes, I would categorize it as easier. Um, that is what I wanted to say about single family homes. If you have questions related to this topic, please post them. If you have questions not related to the topic, please post them as well. I want to say, uh, I want to take a minute to, you know, um, um, talk about us about simply do it because some I know actually more than one person already said you never talk about you guys so I want to say a couple of words about myself uh, um, I've been investing in real estate since the year 2002 at the time I lived in Tel Aviv Israel I made few small investments in the US in 2004 I moved to the States and start doing this uh, on, a, on a larger scale um, I have been involved with helping others since 2004 by Primarily single-family homes in multiple states around the country, um, areas such as Phoenix, Dallas, metros of Phoenix, Dallas, Houston, even Austin, San Antonio, uh, Oklahoma City, Tulsa, Charlotte, uh, North Carolina, Orlando, Tampa, uh, Nashville, 
uh, what am I missing? Indianapolis, uh, Chicago, Boise. Uh, I'm probably missing a few, right? Uh, so I've been in multiple areas around the country, um, personally investing, not in all of them, in some of them, uh, myself doing rentals, doing flips, primarily working with others. So simply do it. What we do is we work with others. What does that mean? We have people on the ground in each metro that we like, such as Houston, Dallas, Nashville, Indianapolis, Tampa, uh, Orlando, and others. And those local people help us, help you uh, buy single-family homes for rent. We take our time to find good agents and train them how we want them to look at, you know, at real estate investing. So some of them know about investing. Some of them know something about real estate investing. We train them. We coach them. We work with them to make them from good realtors they are to more knowledgeable about real estate investing, to know what we're looking for, how to, uh, how to approach real estate investing, what to avoid, what to look for, what's the processes. So we don't just take people and say, oh, you're a nice guy. We actually train them and then guide them through. I'm talking about, I'm you know, talking about the agents. Um, and then we take our time in finding uh, property management companies that are good property management companies. And we kind of make sure we get better fees, discounted fees for you. And we provide a lot of clout when working with those companies. This is not a perfect system. Um, you know, sometimes we see that an agent changes their uh, behavior and we replace them. Sometimes we see, you know, it doesn't happen a lot, but once or twice it happened that the property management company started good and maybe for growth reasons, they started doing poorly and we let them go and we decided uh, to bring someone else on board. So we, it's always evolving. There's always the challenges. Uh, we work with you closely on trying to help you address your questions and concerns and things that are you know going in your mind, uh, whether you're uh, based in California or in New York or Seattle, or if you're in Europe, uh, in Tel Aviv, in other parts of the country, in other world. Uh, we work with investors from uh, different backgrounds and um, different areas, and some know very little English, some know English uh, very good by living in another country. So we work with you, you know, to find what works, what you should be, you know, investing in, uh, you know, what price range and what kind of property and where and how to go about it and what to do, you know, when there are issues coming up, because there are always issues coming up. We walk the path with you, support you in the process, help you buy one, two, multiple properties. A lot of the investors we work with, it's not a one-time kind of a, a deal. They do multiple transactions over the years. And we want to be there and help you not just to buy your first one, but to buy multiple properties, um, hopefully for your benefit. Uh, typically, we don't buy properties and sell them to you. We actually acquire them from the marketplace, but we help you analyze. We help you make sure um, you know, um, you're going about it correctly. We are not attracted to crappy areas and crappy properties and, you know, and lower income type of uh, tenants. We like to go to the, met to the suburbs to uh, where families live, and I would call it the good schools area. It doesn't have to be perfect schools, but good schools and lower crime, um, and the nice single family home that will attract the, the family with the kids and the dog, and maybe even two dogs uh, in a nice nice suburb neighborhood. I call it boring investing, very boring. The more boring the property, the investment is, the more attractive or more sexy I find it. Boring for me means you can live wherever you choose and you can invest in another area 
and the property will be relatively quiet in your life. It's not going to overtake your life. It's not going to be quiet. There's always things going on, right? Not always, but there's vacancy and repairs and property management and something. It's not, it's never, you know, buy and forget. But what I'm trying to accomplish for our investors is as noiseless as possible, right? So it doesn't have to bother you on an ongoing basis, on a daily basis or weekly basis. We work with property managers that we let them handle 95% of the noise. And we teach you, we teach you how to look at properties. We teach you, we actually invest in you more than we invest in real estate. How to analyze property, what, what to look for when you're looking at properties, financially, quality. And then when you buy the property, how to be an owner. What do you need to do now that you own the property, you know, moving forward, right? A lot of people think, for example, that once you own the property, then it's, you know, the property manager is me when I'm not there. It's, no, it's not really like that. Property managers try to do that, but they never really do that. There's more depth, in, depth into it. There's more content into it. It's not just, you know, black and white. There's a lot of gray area in between, and we teach you. What do you need to pay attention to? Um, when, you know, once you're the owner, right? We don't expect someone who just bought their first rental properties, maybe sight and seen. A lot of our investors buy sight and seen to actually know what their responsibility and what they need to do. Um, so we want to teach you. And then when you hold a property, something comes up. We want to be there and help you with issues and questions and problems um, that will come up. Not if, but they will. And we're not perfect. We're not going to be able to solve any problem. But usually when we call the property management company with a request or a clarification, they respond to us differently. They will respond to you differently than just another client because you come through their biggest account. Simply do it. And when I call, they respond differently because they want to uh, uh, make us ha happy. And making us happy is making you happy, right? And I'm going to say this to be very, very clear. If with all the experience and all the uh, um, that I have, and I've been doing this for many years on a very large scale, and all the cloud that we carry, this is not a perfect system altogether. You will have issues. Property managers are people. They're not, you know, they are, you know, communication can, will fail. There will be misunderstanding, even when good intentions are involved. Doesn't, have, doesn't mean catastrophe, but it will happen. There will be vacancy. There will be repairs. There will be maybe even evictions, right? Uh, all of those things are very common things that you should expect when owning real estate. If you understand that and acknowledge it, and you're saying, you know what, with all the noise that comes in, with evictions, not frequently, but it will happen every few years, maybe every seven years or so, and miscommunication with the property manager, and vacancies, and repairs, and all of those noise that we try to minimize, but they're still there. If you remember the big picture, how this property can really impact your, uh, your finances, primarily your future finances, and not you know, focus on the noise that happens on an ongoing basis, you'll, you'll do well. Is that the problem is some investors forget you know, about that, and that's when they kind of lose the bigger picture perspective, which I understand, you know, it's not fun to own a property that has been vacant for two months, you know, especially when it closed during the holidays or during the end of the year. It's not fun, but it will rent. You know, I've, I've not made the property does, does not get rented. Doesn't mean, you know, we may need to drop the rent, but it will get rented eventually. And it takes some time and it requires some patience. And that's something, you know, uh, hard, you know, easy to, to forget. Uh, especially if you're a beginner and sometimes you need that person next to you to remind you that or calling to the property manager and check if to make sure they're doing everything correctly and that's what we try to do um, this is a long play 
Single-family homes, rental properties, typically are not cash cows. It's not something you will necessarily build equity over the short period of time, but it, you, you will probably be building equity over the long term, 5, 10, 15 years. And a lot of times I see investors that have been doing it for many years, all of, you know, kind of all of a sudden wake up five years later, it's like, oh my God, I barely did anything and so much equity per house, multiple houses. This is making an impact on my financial future. This is not a get-rich-quick kind of a scheme. This is a slow uh, path to wealth. You just have to be disciplined, remember the big picture, and be patient. Single-family homes, they love time. If you're patient, you'll do well. You just have to be patient. It's not it's easier said than done, I know. Um, so with that said, I see a lot of people that I you know uh, uh, that are on the on joined. Uh, people, you know, one of my best friends is just joined the, the live. Uh, good to see you, my my brother. I love you. Uh, and I see some of the names that I know in this industry, um, you know, that are active. So it's good to see you guys as well. Feel free to post questions uh, now about us, about single family homes, about investing. I'll be happy to take them. Yeah, if there are no questions coming up, I'll uh, wrap up the session for today. So just as a summary, I will say, I'm waiting for questions. And usually we have uh, at least, I, I saw two people here that are usually asking questions. Yuval and Nir are one of the uh, the people who almost always ask questions. Uh, so hopefully one of you will uh, kind of break the ice. But I uh, just want to say we talked about why at least I love single family homes so much. You know, the, the, the American dream cliche, which is true, the liquid, liquid type of asset, uh, the, the, the fact that the, econ the U.S. economy is based on households who live in single-family homes. Um, you know, the, we talked about the easy, relatively easy, find, you know, evaluating and financing. Um, and those are the main things why I think single-family homes are, uh, are great, you know, investment vehicles. I'll wait for 30 more seconds-ish or so. For questions, and if they're not coming in, we will call it a wrap. And we are planning to hold another session in a week. I know it's kind of winter break and holiday, but probably we're still going to hold this session nonetheless. Um, it's my therapy, not yours. I like to talk about it, and uh, I do it even if there are three, four people on the line. So something that I, I enjoy uh, doing, sharing. Um, and of course, if you want to uh, meet with us, speak with us in person, I'm actually wrapping up this session and going to three meetings uh, with new investors uh, today. So by all means, get in touch with me through Facebook, through email. Uh, we can talk, you know, in more intimate, you know, surrounding about your needs, your concerns, your questions, no problem. We do it uh, every week, of course, multiple times a week. Um, so that's what we are here for, by all means. Um, very good, no more questions, no questions, no more, no questions are coming in. I guess it was very clear. I wanna thank everyone for joining us uh, this week. Again, like I said, we do it on a weekly basis, 11 a.m. Uh, Pacific time, California time, Friday. With that said, have a terrific, rest you know rest of your day have a great weekend and if you are going on a winter break enjoy your break hopefully you're doing some fun stuff we will see you in one week have a terrific uh, rest of the day bye bye everyone bye from california